This is the K-pop cast, bringing you the best sounds and ideas in K-pop each week. I'm DJ Peter Lowe. I'm Stephanie. I'm Virginia. And I'm your PD Nim, Michaela. And this week, we'll be talking to a very special guest, Dexter Thomas of the Authentic Podcast Series. But before we dive in, don't forget to join the K-pop cast community on Slack and sign up for hard-hitting editorial on our newsletter. Links to those in the episode description. And now, let's dive in. So welcome, Dexter to the K-pop cast. I really loved this podcast series. I, I think we, we were talking about it separately elsewhere before, but when I listened to this series, it made me feel like kind of angry <laughs> on Tablo's behalf. Like, oh my God, like yeah. just the extent and scale of everything that he had to go through. And then also on the same time, y'all did a really great job providing context for like how these conspiracies came to be, you know, like, not that I'm defending it, right, but right, 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 uh, right. just the conditions that gave rise to a lot of the conspiracy theories. And I think it's easy just to blame them outright as like a monolithic evil thing, but yeah. understanding like a lot of what these are people. Um, these are people. Think, yeah. Yeah. These are, uh, these are people's, you know, grandmas, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, high school buddies. The people who got caught up in this is, was basically everybody. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to our, our friend of the show, Hajin, Professor Hajin, who was there consulting yes. Yes. the show. Breaking it down. Yes, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. no, and the, the interview with her was was great. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. All right. So, Dexter, just before we kicked off the recording of this, we were asking, like, hey, what's, what's the best way to introduce you and describe you? Yeah. And we were going to say covering culture for Vice News. Tell us more uh, on that culture aspect. What what do you mean by by culture? Culture for me is whatever keeps you on the couch. Mm. You do what I'm saying? Whatever keeps on the couch, but also whatever makes you want to get up off the couch and do something. So mm. basically everything, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and it, it, sound, it sounds like I'm trying to be coy or cute, but but I really mean that is I look at, I look at things like a lot of people look at books or look at movies or look at, you know, any sort of medium, which is it's things that can be read and interpreted and understand, and, you know, understood and it has context. And so when somebody does something, whether that is starting a new political party or, you know, going and marching or making a film or, or, you know, anything right like that, right? There's context behind it and there's context around it. And I'm always curious about, you know, why did you do that? You know, Mm -hmm. even people that I deeply, deeply disagree with, uh, it's just, help me understand why you did that. And so, you know, that's taken me everywhere from, you know, protests in Portland's, you know, in 2020 to, uh, you know, South Africa to uh, a lot of other places, you know, a lot of other countries, uh, you know, Korea, obviously being one, um, you know, China, you know, talking to just all sorts of different people, really fully trying to understand, you know, what is it about how you identify yourself culturally that makes you do the things you do and gives you the values you, you do and, and helps you have that worldview that you have. So, yeah, I'd, I'd look at it all as culture. There's there's no difference to me. It's like, for me, like I'll do stuff where I will interview p- presidential candidates, mm-hmm. but then I'll also do a piece on Animal Crossing. That was one of the, <laughs> I, one of the, th- th- dead mm. serious. I did a piece on Animal Crossing and how a bunch of people were because Animal Crossing dropped, I think, just before Ramadan in 2020. Mm. 
Mm. And so a bunch of people were, you know, you can't get together with, you know, there's a billion and some change people who are fasting and, you know, they're observing Ramadan every single year, right? And all of a sudden you can't get together with people, which is a huge part of Ramadan. Mm. And so there were people who were getting on, who were getting together and, you know, eating their, breaking their fast. And they were connecting to each other via Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch, playing this video game. And that's how they connected. And for me, that is equally as important as what such and such presidential candidate is promising they're going to do, because these are things that affect how people live their actual every single day lives. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It seems some people might think it seems silly, but I think of both of those is, yo, these are these are important, you know, K-pop shoot. Same thing, man. You know, why hey. do people spend so much? No, dead serious. Why do people spend so Love much it. time on this? Why do people mm -hmm. identify themselves? You know, why do you stand this person? Why do you stand that man? It's all it's all part of what us what makes us us. So I'm. I, I love learning about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I really like that, you know, how you just described culture and what you do goes many steps farther than coverage we usually see, which is kind of, I want to say, like pretending to already know why people mm -hmm. do things the way they do or yes. like condescending to fans or stands mm -hmm. as like, yeah. oh, they're all immature little kids who don't know any better. And so that's why they do X, Y, and Z. Like we see so much coverage of K-pop like that, but you know, you and like other reporters we respect actually have respect and humility going into that assignment and really asking why, like, and assuming that people are reasonable and do things for a valid reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I loved it. Have you added any Korean music right. to your library? <laughs> any artists? Have I added any Korean music? You're still working on that. Maybe some Epic High? No, like, yeah. I, uh -huh. Listen, if I didn't, and I'm, I'm being dead serious, if, if I didn't respect them musically, this mm -hmm. would have been a very different project. Mm. It's been a very, mm. very different project. Um, but but no, I I actually... I, I told I told Tablet, I think some of this was, was some of this might not be on tape. Um, but I think his best his most recent stuff is some of my favorite stuff. Oh, it's so mm. good, right? Yeah. yeah, I I think it's and a lot of people I feel, you know, there's people who was just, oh man, your first album was the best and you fell off. And I know a lot of his fans felt like that in the early days, right? Y'all know this. Um mm -hmm. sure, sure. you know, his third record, people were just, yo, what are you doing? You sold out or yeah. whatever. Which I understand. And honestly, back then I probably would have felt that too. Uh if I was in his fan base, I think I might have felt that. Even though they were doing some interesting stuff. But nah, the recent stuff I think I think is really good. Mm, yeah. It's confident in a way that the first were, first records weren't and i can feel that mm -hmm. even though even through the language barrier i can feel that so nah mm. they're they're on there yeah could you tell us how this project came to be like where did the pitch come from how was it initially framed and like why did you want to tell this story yeah the background is something that i actually only really know about half of oh so from what i understand tableau and his management had been kind of interested in telling his story, which I think Tableau really felt like wasn't just his story. But I think we should get into to why that is in a bit. But uh -huh. they'd been interested in that. And of course, he talked about it in, in some ways, but I think he just hadn't really felt comfortable with it yet. And Kate Osborne, who is the, the VP of, of Vice Audio, right? And she's, you know, kind of really, really making all this happen or, you know, one of the people making this happen, right? I think... 
she and their management and, you know, Tyler's management had had a conversation and said, you know, have you heard about this, uh, this thing that happened to this, you know, <laughs> one of our artists, right? And I think she was really interested in it. And then I think a pitch came from Vice. I was um. not involved at this point. So they start working on this, mm-hmm. right? And I think this is what I understand. I think what happened is there had been attempts to tell this, to do this sort of documentary style story already. And I think for whatever reason, people hadn't been satisfied with it. Vice gives it a try. And I guess they liked it. And they sent over a list of people. Here are some people who could be the host. And they sent it to Tableau. I actually didn't know this until (laughs) just recently when Tableau and I were doing a radio interview with somebody. And he just says it. He said, yo, yeah, Dexter, you know, they sent me a list of people uh, who they want to be a host. And I looked at all the bios and I said, yeah, I want this guy Dexter. And I don't fully understand why he said that. Honestly, I'm not sure, but for whatever reason, Tableau felt, I can guess, right? But but Tableau, I guess, <laughs> felt comfortable. What he said, he said something like, this guy will give an objective view at all of this. I think he mm. didn't want somebody to whitewash everything. He didn't really want yes. people, to, somebody to say, oh, here's this wonderful, lovely person. And, you know, he's the absolute perfect person. You know, he walks on water. I think he didn't want that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, everybody's on board except me at this point. (laughs) I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea this was even happening. And so I guess he said, yeah, this guy Dexter Thomas, uh, I think he'd be interesting. And so, you know, then Vice comes to me and, you know, I'm I'm off working on other stuff. I don't know what I was doing at this point, but I think I was probably still working. I had a, there was a TV show I was working on about video games. I had a whole video game show and I'm working on that. I'm working on other documentaries. And they said, yo, would you like to do this? And and I had to sort of stop them and I said, okay, listen, just to double check, you know that my expertise is in Japanese hip hop. Right. (laughs) Because, you know. Oh, man, people mix those up. Because they're the same sex thing. Same country. Yeah, yeah, white Americans mix that up. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, now, (laughs) none none of the people, I wasn't worried that the people at Vice were going to make that mistake. That the people uh-huh. who were talking, because I, I had a relationship with the people who were bringing this to me already. I wasn't mm-hmm. worried about them specifically. It was more just, I wanted them to understand, listen, I don't want you to think that I'm walking in here like I understand everything, everything, because I really do not. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, it's cool. But, it, you know, you have, and Tableau feels like you've got an experience that is going to allow you to have some insight here. So, he wants you on this, you know, or he, they didn't, I don't think they said that to me, but you know, we feel like you're going to be able to do this. And you know, the experience you have is valuable, but yeah, no, we don't think that you can just, Oh, you speak Japanese. Or, yeah. Okay. Just do this Korean thing. It's all the same. Right. <laughs> they, they, no, mm-hmm. Nobody ever said anything like that. Okay, to me. Good. But yeah, it was, it was very mm-hmm. much, I think I was probably the last addition to it. Mm-hmm. And then it, as we were talking about it, a bunch of the producers had already done a bunch of legwork, a bunch of legwork on it. And then, so I was brought on. And then before we ever got on a plane, we were having discussions about, okay, what questions do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, Dexter, you're a researcher, you're a scholar, um, and you've worked on all these different things. What do you want to know? And what do you think, because they'd been so deep in the weeds. Okay. What do you think an audience is going to want to know and things like that? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but once that was on, you know, so I would say I, I kind of came in at the end of the first half and then 
you know, we actually got on a plane, went and talked to Tableau and, you know, all that, the rest of it. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I would love to hear more, like, uh, give us a lot of behind the scenes context around how this came to be. But yeah. were there any other stories that either you couldn't work into the series that just shocked or surprised you, like stories or interviews or just things that you learned that, that didn't make the final cut? Or, like, I, I don't know, if there was something that, that did make it into the story that you just were really surprised to, to hear or learn. I think mostly everything, mostly everybody we interviewed, you mm -hmm. know, the, the material got in there. I think there were probably some things from Tableau's childhood that were pretty funny uh, mm. or, or just really interesting, <laughs> I mm -hmm. think. You know, the story about him feeling betrayed. Uh, when he was a kid, I think when mm. when he gets to school and and the one kid who kind of initiates the bullying uh, happens to be the Asian kid, you know, mm. at, at school in, in Canada, I think that was there were probably some more details in there um, that I thought were interesting. But the only thing that I can think of is that because I, I, I really do think that most of the stuff, almost everything that we got in there, it it really got in aside from hearing more from the other two members of Epic High, you know, I would have mm -hmm. loved to have more mm -hmm. to, and it, it's tough, right? When it's, you're, you're working across two languages, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, some of the stuff that I could, I, I could kind of parse out some of the stuff they were saying, and I was just, oh man, this is so good. This is so, and you know, they were just funny yeah. that I wish we could share that with, share more of that with the listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's tough when, when you need to translate. But the only thing that I can really think of is, there was some context that I wanted listeners to understand that I think people who are really astute are going to pick up on it anyway. But there, there was sort of a point where I thought, you know what, one place where I would like people to understand is, you know, if you think about Shin Jung Ah, right, and, mm -hmm. and Shin Jung Ah being the, the woman who actually did and this who actually did you know, she was an art curator and she was found, actually found to have lied about her background, right? Uh, about her, her academic credentials, right? And, and so that kind of laid the context for people thinking that Tableau had also lied, right? Oh, right. it's another Shin Jung right? So if you think about it, um, one of the things that connects the two isn't just that they are both supposedly lying about their credentials, right? It's that they're lying about their credentials from a foreign university. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a foreign university. It's, it's not like they went to, you know, Waseda, which is a great school in, <laughs> in Japan, right? Nobody cares about that, right? It's, it's that they, they're being accused of lying about going to school in America, in a white country, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and I think when you think about that, there, there's an understanding and it's not, it's not set in stone, but I think there's, there is an undertone of there being a, an implicit understanding of, you know, this all comes back to essentially colonialism, right? And some of the, mm. the frankly racist ideas that, that, you know, America implants into other places, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so one way to climb the ladder is to show that you have, you know, K Korea is deeply unfair and we explain this, right? But I also mm -hmm. am really, really careful about explaining America is also deeply unfair because I recognize yeah. that a lot of my listeners are going to be American, right? And so 
one of the things mm -hmm. that I want people to understand is actually you might think this is something totally different, but if you know an American listener, frankly anybody else, is realizing that in the background, the idea of using a university to unfairly climb the ladder, the hierarchical ladder, that there's an understanding, at least in some people's minds or a lot of people's minds, that that an, an elite American university is going to give you just just something, right? It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you're smarter. You know, the big Korean university, everybody already knows that if you get in there, you're smart. You're, you, you know your stuff, right? But there's just something that it would give you that a domestic university might not. And, mm. and the idea that that is in there is something that this comes from a very America-centric worldview, which America is very happy to push on the rest of the world. Mm. right and and that's mm -hmm. you know i i don't regret that we couldn't fit that in there mm -hmm. um but i do remember mm -hmm. we struggled with that a lot it's just how heavy should we yeah. go on this uh because there were a lot of things that i thought you know i mean i'm a professor man so i <laughs> i i want i want people to understand stuff but i also want people to have the opportunity to understand things and i like i like giving somebody a little bit and say okay what do you think about this and, and mm -hmm. letting them follow those trails for themselves so right. i'm happy where it was but i do remember thinking man we we could go harder on this on the international aspect mm -hmm. of this but at the end of the day it was just mm, let's leave that alone and let the listeners should they choose to pick up on it mm -hmm. right because you you look mm -hmm. at you know what what tableau's brother had gotten in trouble for writing on his blog right one of the mm -hmm. things that he was really upset about was you know, if you listen, I forget which episode this is in, but essentially there was a comedy show in which people perform, you know, comedians were perform these sort of difficult challenges. And if they messed up, you know, they get made fun of and stuff like that. And there's this one show, this episode uh, where they go, I forget the name of it, but they go to the U.S. and they have to get by in English. And a lot of them aren't particularly great mm. in English, but to tell his brother, it seemed like they were just they were faking it and sort of playing up that they're bad in English. And he writes on his blog, look, y'all are out here making fools of yourself in front of white people. And the fact that he said it like that was just, oh, there's something. I'm not blaming him and not blame anybody, but I'm just saying there's something about this kind of America-centric and, you know, white you know, centric races. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Way of, of looking at the world that actually permeates over to other places mm -hmm. and, and that other people can even if they don't think they're internalizing it, they recognize that the places around them are internalizing it. But I don't think we had to go too heavy on that. It mm -hmm. was, but it was something that we we thought I thought about a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. me, one of the producers, Minji Koo, man, we went back and forth about it a lot. But it was great. It was great. But I I think I'm happy that we left it for the listeners to sort of understand implicitly. Yeah, that was that was the episode of Infinite Challenge. Yes, Infinite Challenge. And like those mm -hmm. those MCs on that show are like top mm -hmm. level A list yeah. celebrities in Korea. So that can also add to them like these these top level people are who are representing us internationally. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's you know, and the idea of even needing to represent oneself internationally, you mm -hmm. know, um which I fully understand. Um right. and also there's there's the fact that you know comedy in different countries is is different and across different cultures is different so sort of making fun of yourself is pretty normal in a lot of places you know mm. but but there's also an understanding that uh, americans might not get this yeah 
the sort of humble comedy is not funny, actually. It's not quite as funny for them. You know, the, the Americans aren't going to understand what's going on. So should we be doing this in front of everybody else? You know what I mean? And and I mm-hmm. understand that. But it's it's mm-hmm. I, I find that so, those those conversations, which I think happen across a lot of different cultures, uh, you know, really, really interesting. But yeah. So part of the podcast that really stuck out to me was when Tablo was describing his upbringing, particularly his parents' strict focus on prestigious education, credentials. And I noticed that his story seemed to resonate with maybe your own upbringing, your own childhood. I, as as a Black listener, uh, honed in on the part where you mentioned that you are Black and that this was a similar dynamic in your own family, your own culture. Could you talk a little bit about that choice to stick that detail in there and just make sure that was mentioned? Yeah, yeah, I I guess I did kind of stick that in there. (laughs) I mean, there there were a few things, right? I think one thing is that one thing that I was really worried about, frankly, throughout this entire podcast is that I did not want listeners to come away from this thinking, oh my gosh, Korea is so weird. Mm-hmm. That, that is one of my biggest fears, right? Because frankly, that's one thing that I've struggled with when I write about Japanese hip hop. It's just, oh my gosh, what's, what's up with these Japanese people? It's just, no, no, that, no, 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 no. That's not the point. I'm writing about hip hop. understand what I'm doing, you know, from that. And, and so these are things I have to think about. And that's because I think that a lot of people will hear in Tableau's story, something that they're very, it fits into a stereotype that they're used to, or at least they think it does. Right. Because what we're hearing about is we're hearing a story, frankly, of, of an immigrant, right. You know, Tableau is in Canada at this point. And oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yep. Korean parents are East Asian immigrant. Yes. All of this stuff. And and the thing is, and and so people will often just sort of run with, ah, yeah, well, see, Asians just really value education. You know, that that's that's what this is. And I think that's I think that a lot of Americans have a difficulty with imagination. Which is to say that they have a really difficult time imagining, uh, you know, this is, I think, essentially racism and stereotypes are, frankly, a a lack of imagination at the core, right? It's a lack of imagination that people have different experiences and that and the imagination of how is somebody connected to you. So one thing that I felt like I could do was hopefully help the listener to understand this isn't some wacky feature of k- Korean traditional culture or whatever that they mm-hmm. that they're they're really harsh on their kids and why are they so weird about that and that seems really unhealthy. Listen, if you are in if you come to a country and you come to a society, you pretty quickly realize as Tableau's parents would have that you're going to be treated differently because of how you look. Mm-hmm. And Tableau experienced that immediately, you know, when, when he was being bullied at school, you know, for basically how we looked and how we talked, you know, and his parents would have picked up on that. And his parents obviously would have picked up on, listen, it, the one thing that they cannot take away from you is a degree and education mm. and all these sorts of things. Right. And and this is something this is a common feature, frankly, of minorities in basically any situation and and that goes to black and brown people that goes to east asian people that goes to basically anybody in the united states and i think in a lot of other places is listen you will be treated as 
there will people there will be people here and systems here which will treat you as a second class citizen. But if you have a degree or if you have a credential, at the very least, you have that going for you. And that will provide you with some kind of safety and stability. And, you know, even honestly, Tableau and I kind of we almost sort of shut off the mic and talked about this for a while because he was really mm. worried that he was going to he didn't want his parents to come off looking bad. Yeah. And that was the one he was really worried. He was really that was the one thing that I think he worried about was he didn't want his parents to look bad. And, you know, it's not as though I have a responsibility to to cater to his desires or whatever, because that's not what this is about. But it was what the conversation we end up having was, listen, man, I understand what you're talking about, because let's put it into perspective. This is something that, frankly, a lot of black people deal with, too. You know, and so, yeah, that is something that my parents made it pretty clear to me that, you know, you're going to get treated a certain way and, you know, you're going to get profiled by the cops. That's what's going to happen. That was already happening to me in high school. You know, I was getting pulled over by the cops and stuff like that. So, you know, these are things that are happening. But if you make it so that people cannot doubt you, that is something that you have. It won't fix everything, but it is something you have. And that was something that I hoped that by making that clear listeners would understand that this isn't just some quirky feature or or flaw shall we say of korean mm -hmm. culture this is something that frankly people have to deal with when they're put into unfair societies and unfair systems which korea is an unfair society the unfair system and america is also an unfair society and you know unfair system you know canada as well you know so so I, I thought I thought it was important to get that across, you know, not in, I didn't want to insert myself into it too much, but I wanted to at least, you know, as sort of a proxy for the listeners say, listen, if I can understand this and if I can relate this to myself, hopefully you can too, listener. That was the hope. <laughs> and, and I wanted to do that really early. I wanted to do that yeah. really, really early, as as early as possible, so that the listener would go in thinking of this story not as a funny weird thing oh my gosh it's so weird that that happened in korea they're they're just i guess they're just really susceptible to conspiracy theories man isn't that weird <laughs> to really be able to think about you know and i put little darts here and there the kind of connecting into the american situation you yeah. know what i mean but i Much wanted appreciated. people i yeah. wanted people to i wanted people's minds to be primed to think of tableau because they, let's keep in mind a lot of people's people in here who are listening to this are not k-pop fans Right. Mm. Yeah. They've never been to Korea. They probably couldn't find Korea on a map. Mm. I mean, that, you know, and I'm not disrespecting the listeners, but we, yeah. we've got people it's, who are. It is what it is. We've got people who the range is people who are who can say who can recite every single line Tableau has ever said in a song to people who cannot find Korea on a map. And that is the range. And most people are in between somewhere. And I want to give them the opportunity. I want to treat them, you know, as somebody who's intelligent, right? But I want to give them the opportunity to have an open mind really early on to think of Korea not as a strange foreign place, but to think of it as some place that is dealing with, situ you know, the people from Korea who are dealing with problems very similar to the problems that they're dealing with. Yep. And so because of that, the things that happened in Korea in 2010 and continue to happen with the Taijinyo conspiracy theory also could happen here. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wanted to make sure we did that early. Totally. No, I really appreciated that too, because um, 
I feel like you mentioned several times the context of Korea, but then also you say, hey, like it's about survival here as an immigrant um, yeah. or a minority. And then you you mentioned multiple episodes, I think, about the similarities to American culture, how it's not it's not just Korean society that's unfair. America is also deeply unfair. And I really appreciated that. And also, I just thought it was so interesting that the emphasis on, hey, that degree that you can't take away, but they took it away. <laughs> they took it away. You're right. So, you know, in a way, they were kind of wrong. They tried, right? Right. Um, and that was, but, but then again, the, the thing is that degree represents something really fundamental. You know, the degree represents something. It's almost like nobility in a way, which is practically what universities function as. You know, if you look at what the Ivy League is, it is mm -hmm. where it is where, you know, elite people, you know, the Ivy Leagues, right? Elite people go to continue to learn how to be elite, you know, in general and go, you know, run very important institutions. Uh, and then, you know, there's some people who manage to get their way in there and hopefully get a leg up. As, as you can probably tell, I have a very love-hate relationship uh, mm -hmm. with, with the university. <laughs> but but that that is that is how they function, you know, and, and not to get too deep into it, but the things and, and it's just like you're saying, the things that we that we talk about in there, these are problems that Korea and the United States and a lot of other places have um, because, you know, the systems that we both run under, you know, capitalism, these exist, these exist and it's, and it's a reality. And I just want to gently encourage the listener to see the similarities rather than focus on the differences. Yeah. I, what, Stephanie, you, you've been talking about this, I feel like, the last three episodes in a row. Right. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> I could just play is, clips uh, from our commentary from the Sky Castle episode, from the K-pop Confidential episode. Like, these themes just come up again and again. And it's it's going to keep coming up and keep happening. This conversation about the um, you know disparity between haves and have-nots, the brilliant media that's coming out that like lays that bare, you know, including some of Tablo's own lyrics. I was curious though, just to like get even more. Can, can I, can, yeah, I, can, I can I interview you? You know what? That that's one of the things, even going back to the conversation I was saying about, even going back to what I was saying about Tablo wanting the story of his life to be told by somebody else. I, what I thought was really interesting and like y'all's episode about access journalism and K-pop Oh wow, you you really dug into our show. Wow, oh, no, okay. yo, the whole thing, man. I listened to the whole thing, man. Yo, that was wild because you know, frankly, again, it, it's a problem that exists in the United States. Frankly, everywhere, right? Yeah, right, right. Is right. that it's interesting, right? Because artists are uh, so. If, if for people who are maybe missed this episode, I'll sum it up because I'm familiar with it. Oh, thanks. Um, wow, How flattering. But, no, listen, listen, man. It was such a good episode because I really liked what y'all did there because so access journalism essentially is if you want to interview a star or a celebrity, basically you have to agree to tell the story or do the interview in such a way so that they will allow you to have access to that person. Yep. Right. So usually people have management and, and you know, quote unquote handlers and stuff like that. And it's, hey, send the questions beforehand. 
hey, uh, you know, <laughs> wh what are you going to ask about? Or send the questions beforehand so that we can make sure that you're not talking about something that's too sensitive. Right. Even if the artist themselves wants to talk about these things. Yep. And I've dealt with this so much because, you know, I've interviewed people who are either legitimate ce celebrities or perhaps think of themselves as celebrities. <laughs> and, and, you know, and this is how it goes. So Tableau didn't ask for a single question ahead of time. Mm. Mm. I, I just went in there with a list of stuff with it. You know, we had a conversation advice about what we wanted to know. I just went in there and I said, yo, I wanted about this. I wanted about that. I wanted about this. We spent three days just in a room, just in a studio. And I was just, I asked him everything and anything. And there, there's, so there's some things and I want to spoil it, but there's some things that we found that he did not know. Wow. Mm -hmm. And some really, Ooh, oh uh, man. Now I'm like going back there now. Episode five, uh, everyone. Yeah, episode yeah. Five, yeah. If, you, if you listen to episode five, I got quite a few DMs from people who'd been listening when it started. Mm -hmm. And they were just, listen, man, uh, tell people to sit down before they listen to episode five. Mm -hmm. And they're probably right. I, I should have, but yeah, I'm, I'm going back there right now. But there were things that, that he didn't know. But, you know, it's, I think it is an issue because we're in a really interesting time now where, Artists do not need to rely on third parties to introduce them to the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Tableau has more Twitter followers than Vice. Right? Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Probably. It's crazy. I, no, yeah. I'm pretty sure he does. And so yeah. why would he talk? Why would he? A, why would he talk? Not why would he talk to Vice, but why would he give? Why should you give somebody else control mm. over your story? When you already it's, have a huge platform. Mm -hmm. When you already have mm -hmm. a huge platform, it's in a certain way and i understand it right i understand in certain ways that and it's just like all of you said uh, you know on the episode i forget the person who brought it up but you know in the twitter spaces thing it, this came up a couple times is i think a lot of management companies view it as a bad business decision to give somebody else control mm -hmm. over what yep. they think is their narrative right yep. why mm -hmm. would you do that it's a silly thing to do it seems like it on its face right i would argue that it's not and yeah. so you know, this this is why, you know, Beyonce doesn't have to do any interviews. Mm -hmm. Why should she? You yep. know what I'm saying? You know, all right. there's, there's so many artists who, why should they do an interview? Only if they feel, they think it would be interesting somehow for, you know, hopefully the respect the reporter, hopefully the respect the outlet, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, to let go from that, that is something that I think, I think you kind of got to give it to Tableau because he was willing to completely step away from all, basically all editorial control over this thing. He wasn't vetting stuff. He wasn't saying, hey, you know, he never stopped me and said, hey, man, don't talk about that. There was nobody in the room who was telling me who is, you know, which has happened to me. You know, people mm -hmm. waving their hands. Don't ask that. Don't ask that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> there was nothing that it was, it was me and him and, you know, our producers and, you know, microphones. And then, you know, we eat lunch. And he bought us coffee. You know, that oh, <laughs> that was it. Way, oh. way too much coffee. Way entirely too much <laughs> coffee. Uh, but, you know, that, that was essentially it. And I think that's the one thing that he realized is that this is something that, that maybe his part in it, that he's maybe not actually the most important person here. Mm. In terms of like saying? telling the bigger story, and you were discussing earlier, like these broader implications that you're trying to make from this tale. Yeah. I think for the longest time, I think Tableau thought that this was about him. Mm -hmm. 
And I think at a certain point, and I think people told him that it wasn't really about him. And I don't think he was really able to understand that. Because how could you? Yeah, of course you'll take it personally. It feels like it's about you, right? Because they're talking Mm -hmm. about you. But I think it took him a while to think, to, to sort of fully embrace that he is a character in a story. It was weird as that sounds. Because yeah. I don't want to trivialize, obviously, what happened. Right, 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 but, right. but I think he he started to realize that he is a character in yes. this. But he's ma- he's not really even the main character. Mm-hmm. You know, the main character essentially is Tai Jun Yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 that that's sort of what that's what I hoped that again, going back to why I, I spend time drawing it back to situations that a listener in America might might be familiar with is is you know I don't need to tell them hey tableau is not the main character actually it's Tajin Yo you know I want them to understand that hey really this could happen anywhere mm-hmm. and this yeah. could yeah. this and this kind of already has happened in the United States mm-hmm. you know kind of I mean? oh it definitely <laughs> kind of oh, I'm gonna say outright it definitely has more than once yes yes <laughs> yes yeah yes I mean the the birther thing was how you know where yeah. you know people were saying oh I don't I don't think this uh I don't think this Barack Obama guy Black. was actually born here <laughs> yeah Jesus I mean because yeah. I was trying to be subtle with it but I'll I'll talk about you you, you probably caught it because you all probably caught it but you know when I said the long form document. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right, right. That yeah. wasn't. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to turn this into an episode of you know um, K-pop cast does you know genius rap genius you know break down the. <laughs> Break down the lyrics of what the narration <laughs> yeah, of, of, of of authentic was, but but you know stuff like that. I was I yeah. wanted to get people to understand these little things here, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, along those lines, like I, I mean, let's get into more of that. So, do do you see a similar like? Yeah, we we just went through a couple of examples in American history, yeah, where there's been uh, conspiracy theories, also a lot of doxing. Uh, happening, but do you see misinformation being weaponized in pop and entertainment again in the future? Like, I think something I think about is I, I, I might be really going off my rocker here, but like, you know, could fandoms who often operate in a, like a zero sum game paradigm, <laughs> like, try to attempt to weaponize misinformation to to move their idol ahead against others? Um, oh, so I, yes, I don't know. If- of course. No, and I mean that that's that's the that's the low you said a low bar there, man. <laughs> moving okay. their idol okay. against others. No, it, it can be used for all sorts of other things. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, that, that's one of the things I was trying to get people to understand is yo, the only reason this happened in Korea when it did is just because Korea has faster internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. They had better mm-hmm. internet earlier than they did. If if we were in the if the you if the United States could have got their act together and got people <laughs> Internet access, which is basically a human right at this point, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we would have been doing that stuff already. It's just Korea had better internet. And so they got all this weird conspiracy stuff. They got preview. They got an early preview of the weird the conspiracy st- uh, theory stuff that, that we get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I try not to talk about QAnon too much. Oh, but, I knew you know that. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Thinking that. Uh, oh, no, yeah. we, we know. Yeah, we're not we're not going to do it. But in case, in, listener, dear listener, in case you were wondering what we were all dancing around, that's what we were dancing around. Is QAnon. <laughs> I I will pledge to not say it again for the rest of this interview. Um, but but no, I, absolutely, and I think within 
Korea, of course, you know, within K-pop, of course, within United States, of course. I mean, we've already seen what just, you know, the, I hesitate to say memes because memes are, it sounds silly, but, you know, memes and misinformation have led to kind of like ethnic cleansing, man. I mean, there's some really yeah. serious mm -hmm. stuff yeah. that misinformation online uh, has done and, and will continue to do because we don't have a solution for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Tableau was sort of racking his brain and I think he, he might even feel responsible for coming up with an answer for how do we fix this? And mm. he he doesn't have one. And I yeah. don't think he can be expected to because right. nobody really does. Right, right. You know, and I've been asked this a few times is, you know, do you, do you see this happening again? And how do we pr prevent it? I, honestly, man, mm. my answer is buckle up. Right, yeah. Dead serious, buckle up, man. Cause yeah. you, you saw the, you, you just saw round one. At least on the internet, right? Round one on the internet. Cause it's been happening forever right <laughs> like, of course of course the internet just the but you know the internet it's, it's a force multiplier and so it yeah. makes things happen much quicker right mm -hmm. of course misinformation you know and misinformation has led to you know really really terrible things happening you know i'm, I'm thinking of you know in japan for example um you know just really throughout history really terrible uh, rumors that have been started about Korean people living in Japan mm -hmm. and, you know, uh. and violence that was vi visited on them because of this sort of misinformation. But this was bef long before the internet, right? right? And so think of what happens when rumors spread more quickly and, and you know, fake video gets added to the mix and fake audio gets added to the mix. You know, we're, we're at the point now where it's actually pretty easy to, you know, quote unquote, Photoshop audio. Right. Mm -hmm. It's actually very easy to do. Mm -hmm. right. Uh Video is coming next. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's going to be, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hope, and hopefully people will listen to this, this episode and, and, you know, listen to Authentic and, and be at least prepared. Mm -hmm. And perhaps somebody will do something. You know, perhaps we can do something, you know? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, it's I like, was, yeah, to, to, oh, go ahead. yeah, just to like piggyback off of Virginia's point there that with we've been doing this forever. Like I actually start thinking yeah. about actual lynching, mm -hmm. actual mm -hmm. witch hunts, mm -hmm. like are all based on false rumors that rallied a certain community, a certain neighborhood, a city together to target and like literally kill one person. And it wasn't just because, you know, people are weird. People are crazy. People. Are, yeah. No, it was <laughs> it was always in service of maintaining oppressive hierarchy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was always a result of this fervor, this resentment, like simmering feelings in the community of animosity that don't come from nowhere. And I really like that in one of the, the, the latter episode episodes, we talked about hell Korea. We talked about yeah. um, where is this simmering anger and resentment coming from? And until that has a healthy outlet, it's, we're definitely going to keep seeing it like target one person, find another scapegoat chance. and just yeah. like yeah. spouting off. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, yeah. And hell, hell Korea was one, woof, man, that was, that was one of the episodes that we, talked about a lot again shout out minji ku we we talked about a lot a lot because 
again, it was one of those things where we didn't want to represent it as, oh my God, Korea is so weird, you know? Um, right. But yeah, but I think I think conspiracy theories like this um, and like, you know, the, the sorts of rumors and things that you're talking about, you know, at Matil, you know, all these other things, right? Mm -hmm. When we believe in these sorts of conspiracy theories, it, it's not because, it's almost because we want to be mad in a way, right? And what I mean by that is- no, we, we already are mad. Well, we, are, we already <laughs> are mad and this provides- an explanation yes. for things. Mm -hmm. it, it provides it because the thing is the world is chaotic and hard to understand. And if you are in a situation like, uh, you know, some of the people that we heard from, you know, the heard voices of from Tajinyo, you know, they're clearly upset at the situations that they're put in, in an unfair society. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but if you can be, t and it's, who do you point the, the finger at? Yep. You know, politicians, Sure, you can point at a politician, but are they going to do anything? No, it, it's very hard to have them do anything because, you know, you replace one, then another one comes in. It's actual system, but we can, you're going to point a finger. We're going to point the finger at capitalism. I mean, you can, <laughs> but then what do you do? You take it away. How? I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's a very difficult thing to do. I feel powerless that, to do that. Yeah. Something that is much easier is you point a finger at one person uh -huh. who looks, who is a stand in for all of this. And then if right. you take them away, then you feel like you've done something until you realize yeah. if they if they had gotten rid of Tableau, and I'm I'm not going to say what I mean by get gotten rid of Tableau, but if they would have gotten rid of Tableau somehow, they would have found somebody else, which mm -hmm. happened. You know, they moved yeah. on to other victims because wow, this person's gone, but everything still sucks. Mm -hmm. Let's find the next one, and you know right. it's it sucks and it, it's it's sad to see, but. In a way, you have to kind of, and I think Tableau's probably gotten to the point where you can empathize with it, but you have to kind of empathize with it because it's people who are really just looking for an explanation. They want to understand the world, and the world is so complicated and messy that when some people, when some people are given an easy answer, they'll take it. Mm. Yeah. We all right? we all find our answer. We all have our own outlet for the the feelings of being oppressed like it all goes somewhere mm -hmm. yeah okay well I, I this is all really great by the way uh, but i, I want to <laughs> just wrap it up with like a, a catch-all question yeah. like, uh is there any other lesson that you know yes you, you gave a lot of like winking and nodding that we're discussing in <laughs> in the series that lessons that we can take but is there anything else that you, you just wanted to like underline highlight just really make sure that people were taken away from tableau's tale uh or the series or, or just anything that you wanted to comment on more broadly no i think i mean you you all were very generous in in letting me ramble about some of the <laughs> some of the things behind the scenes but i hope that people look at this again not as some very strange foreign thing or something that right you know, that, that happens because, oh, well, people on the internet are just mean, mm -hmm. you know, I think people are able, people everywhere, right? Again, the people who are diehard Epic High fans, who are diehard, you know, shoot BTS fans, you know, everything else. And <gasps> you said BTS, who, shut oh, it no, down. Careful, careful. I'm both of these, I'm both see, of these. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting every, see, see, what I'm not gonna do, what I'm not going to do is I'm not gonna start naming people because then I'm gonna start getting messages. Yo, why didn't you name, Mm, you're not a fan of these people. What's, what's the matter here? You know? So I'm not going to start naming individual names because yeah. I already know. I, I'm trying to keep my inbox safe. Um, but, you know smart, what I mean? Smart. 
you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because a few people have called this right when this thing dropped, somebody tweeted me and said, yo, Dexter, you made a K-pop true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I told Tablo this and he thought it was funny. And it, it, yeah, it's, I can't deny it. Like we didn't, we'd not, we did not set out to do that uh, <laughs> at all. But but I think, again, one of the things it is, yes, that's a nice hook, right? K-pop, true crime, you know, mm-hmm. two great tastes that go great together. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> I understand that. But but I, what I don't want people to do is, is, is a, I don't want people to push it away. I want it to bring, I want people to bring that in. I want people to understand mm-hmm. that this is mm-hmm. something that I, I hope that listening to Tableau's story or frankly listening to Tajinyo's story is what I should say. I hope that listening to that will help people understand their weird uncle who's been posting all this weird COVID stuff on Facebook. Yeah. You understand? I <laughs> yeah. hope it helps yeah. them understand that rather than saying, man, that's a really weird thing that I listened to and I'll never think about it again. I hope it helps people understand themselves and some mm-hmm. of the tendencies they may have. I hope it helps people understand the people around them. Mm-hmm. And I hope it helps people, frankly, understand the future that we're all step- stepping into. Because I think this is going to be one of those things where five years from now, somebody's going to look back at this and say, I wish more people would have listened to this damn thing. And it's not because <laughs> I think it's a good it's a good podcast. I think it is. But I think because it's, you know, I hope I'm wrong, right? And I, I hope, I hope, you know, there's other things that catalyze people thinking more seriously about misinformation. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hope people take what they hear in its heart. That's all I can say, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's what I really appreciated about your podcast. This whole series is context. You give you constantly yeah. are giving context. And um, actually, this is why I prefer content created by people of color in mm. specific, because we're always trying to give context like we, we were forced to give context because yes, I think you know what I mean? Like yeah, we have like to give context. Yeah. And so it's the thing that stood out to me the most, the, the constant context you give just on a side note, it made me want to be a better journalist or like a better <laughs> oh writer or an investigator. Oh so like, it just, I was like, Oh, this is, this is what it means to tell a story. Right. Like, so I, you don't have to include this, but just as no. an aside, I wanted to teach yeah. it now. <laughs> oh, so. no, that, that, that is super kind. No, I, I, I'm going to tell everybody you said that. Uh, first off, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to, I have to tell all the producers you said that because it was, you know, there's the producers who did, who did, you know, so much of the stuff and, and, you know, so much of the real, real, real work in here. Cause we all work together, but no, I mean, the, and the context is huge. I mean, even going back context went into everything we did and you it, into things that you wouldn't recognize, even the music, mm-hmm. frankly. Oh yeah. Right. No, I noticed that. Yeah. 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 Well, because in the beginning we were talking about, cause they asked me, cause you know, they, they know that, you know, I don't just do the scholar stuff. I'm not just out here reading books. You know, I, you know, I'm a DJ. I, I spend a lot of time listening to music and they, one of the first conversations we had is, all right, Dexter, what do you want the theme song to sound like? Mm. And we talked about it and I was very clear. I said, listen, I don't want any weird twingy twangy orientalish sounding <laughs> stuff. Oh yeah. hell no! Because no, yeah. I didn't think now. Now Kyle K. Murdoch, I was sure he wasn't going to do that. But we had a. Comp- I mean, there was even a point where he had some guitars in there, and I was just, mm, listen, man, it's too close. Some and he wasn't thinking that at all, and he wasn't aiming for that. But I told mm-hmm. him, listen, there's going to be some people who misunderstand this, and I don't uh-huh. want to go there. I don't mm-hmm. even want to go there because. 
it, one of the questions I get so much, man, is just, oh my gosh, you you do stuff on Japanese hip hop. Well, what does it sound like? Fam, it sounds like it people sounds like- yelling over, <laughs> it sounds like drums and people yelling into a microphone, which you think it sounds like, which right. is what Korean rap sounds like. It sounds yep. like drums and people yelling into a mic, which yep. you think it sounds like. And so that's why we spent so much time thinking about, okay, what is something that sounds, you know, forgive the pun, authentic to Tableau? And it yeah. is stuff that he was listening to at the time. Right. Not mm-hmm. something that we think, you know, that two black dudes, you know, one from D.C. and one from San Bernardino, California, thinking what Korea sounds like in our mm-hmm. minds. We don't want to do that because that because no. we we will be wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's focus on what represents Tableau. And that involved listening to everything that he told me that he listened to and mm-hmm. trying to recreate it. You know oh. what I mean? We, we, I'm sure that was we, so fun, right? It was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we talked about this on the music episode, but we had not arguments, but we had conversation. You know, I, I was pretty adamant about, listen, man, you got to sp- slow this down to, you got to 98 BPM, BPM. You got to slow this down to 93 beats per minute. And I want them high hats to swing. I want these horns to sound, you know, I want it to sound like a Pete Rock joint. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, but, but again, that was, that's the context, right? And sometimes context means knowing what people expect and, and not doing that yeah. at all. You know what I mean? And, thinking about okay what actually is what makes sense what is authentic to to tableau and and trying you know trying at least but yeah thank you so much yeah we, we tried it in the context it was helpful hopefully people got it <laughs> yeah and so glad you brought that up virginia <laughs> i do i do want to add yeah go can for we it ask one more question just going back to, to question seven peter because I, I think you might have put this one in but just Going back to to music and mm-hmm. Epic High, you know, yeah. where they are right now, you know, they, they just performed at Coachella. They've just dropped two parts of, a, of an amazing album yeah. series. Looking at, at the group, do you think that they have come back stronger from this experience? You know, this experience being, you know, working on this project and also the greater Tajinyo thing. <laughs> and, yeah, and conspiracy you, theory. Yeah, conspiracy theory, sorry. And and how do you think the group has changed? It's a really good question. I think and you know, I I, I really I really wanted to see them, but I I had a documentary uh that I'm working on right now that's been I think I, I had to be I won't say too much about it, but I, I basically I had to be in other states every single time that they were performing. I really wanted to see them when they were in when the US, but yeah, I couldn't. It sucks. Uh so I don't know. Maybe see them they're in back Asia. or if, yeah, if, if they're in, if they're in Korea or something like that, and I happen to be, you know, I'm definitely pulling up yeah. in one of the shows and just you know post up in the back and you know just enjoy the show because uh, I haven't got to see them live. But mm. but no, they're so I, good. Oh yeah, I, amazing. I, I, every, Rock the every, house. Every, listen, man. Every other, basically everybody else on the on the team that put this together got to see them. Huh? I did. I'm so mad. Oh. I I actually kind of think that maybe not to spoil the third episode or not to not the third episode but the the bonus music episode there's mm-hmm. there's a collaboration that is mentioned in there i i think it might happen i think it actually <laughs> might i wouldn't be shocked not the one they talk about the end where they're talking about me that that ain't happening there's <laughs> no, it could no uh, <laughs> you'd all be very sad uh if that oh. you do not want me to rap um but <laughs> but no i think epic high has definitely changed Epic High has definitely changed. I mean, if you if you listen to their stuff at the beginning, you can tell when somebody's trying to cram a bunch of stuff into their record, 
right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Tableau, you could tell, I could tell just as a listener, you know, because when, when Tableau was making this stuff, I was a college radio DJ and I remember what it was like. There are things that are very similar to the US scene and, and what he was trying to do at the time. You know, he was trying to show we're legit. Yeah. And, but his audience was so small that he was kind of trying to prove it to himself. You can hear it. And I'm and again, it's not in the lyrics. I'm talking about in the music, mm -hmm. in the music and, and also in the lyrics, right? Because I, I could, you know, figure out some stuff and I've read translations, stuff like that. But, you know, them talking about, you know, this is black music and, you know, we're, we're making, but we're making it like we're, we're going to make it. You can, you can tell that he's, they're kind of trying to prove to themselves that they're legit. Right. They're not doing that anymore. They're yeah. so far beyond that. And uh -huh. I think they, they passed that line albums ago, right? Where they know who they are. Frankly, they know that they're good, uh, but also they know who they are and uh -huh. they're very comfortable with that, which I think a lot of artists never get to, uh -huh. right? And you can hear the confidence. The other thing though, I, I definitely do think that, yeah, I mean, of course this changed them, right? There was a point at which Tableau was trying to tell Mithra and Two Cuts to get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get away from me because I'm toxic. I am right. if if you were around mm -hmm. me, you are going to catch you're you're in the blast radius, dude. Get out. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to tell them and they said no. Yep. And I think that probably took him a while to really accept. But yeah, man, they're, they're I I imagine they're gonna keep I don't know what's going to stop them. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know what's going to stop them from doing stuff. I can't think of anything. Um, you know, Tableau said that he, he'd be cool not doing tracks for a while. You know, he's not done. I don't believe, I don't that. believe it. I, I've, heard, I've heard that so many times. I've heard that so many times. Uh, but I can understand why one would feel that. Right. But yeah, of course it changed. You know, it changed them. I won't say that it changed them for the better. Um, because I don't mm. think that's that's a that's mm. something you want mm -hmm. to encourage, but mm -hmm. I think that it forced them to realize who they are to each other, yeah. Mm. And and I think it forced Tableau to realize that you know people like him. <laughs> He's yeah, very it's like a hard thing. It's it's a hard thing to realize. You know, pe people in his, people close to him like him. Yes, mm. you know what I mean. Um, because he was being told by. A lot of people that we don't like you and you're a liar. You know, started thinking that all this you. stuff was true, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, it, it forced them to realize that, and I think that's something that a, a lot of people, you know, re, re, read the, read the books that he wrote. You know, read his short stories. You know, mm -hmm. you can right. tell that that was something that was going on in his mind when he was younger. And yeah. um, you know, I think it forced him to realize that. So it, yeah, of course, it changed the group, and I think they're stronger now, but only because they have to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you even get into it at one point in the series. Just um, it just got so bad. It you know, you're questioning like, did I go to this school? <laughs> like, what yeah. what what is real life? <laughs> like, what is reality? Like, yeah, it, it's hard to to make sense of it. Uh, it can yeah, get really overwhelming. And again, if if that can happen to Tableau, and he, here's where you know I want people to have some kind of compassion. You know, it, I that's why I wanted to. I thought it was important to hear from a Tajin Yo member. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? The dude who I yeah. talked to was lovely. Mm -hmm. He was so nice. We had, when we, we hit it off. He was really nice to me. And uh -huh. like I said, when he found out I was a teacher, he was, he was happy. He's your teacher. Yeah. You're teaching mm -hmm. kids. 
You know what yeah. I mean? He, he, didn't, we, he didn't have to say that. You can kind of tell that it, it, it was a little bit different when he found out that I am also somebody who cares about education and truth. You know, mm-hmm. you know we have very different approaches to how to get to that. <laughs> truth. Mm-hmm. But, but, but yeah, it's, it's people trying to understand if Tableau had a moment, a long moment where he was starting to wonder if maybe what the conspiracy theorists were saying was true. Can you blame the people who were on that message board? Can you blame mm-hmm. the people who were watching the news who started? Yeah. Saying, well, maybe it is, yep. you know, and it's, it, it, it's a trap that if Tableau could fall into that trap about himself mm-hmm. and he's the person who would know, can, can you blame other people? It's hard to. Mm-hmm. Listen, there are four lights. Oh yes. I get that Star Trek <laughs> reference. I get you. Virginia. Oh, very man. good. Oh man. <laughs> That was a good analogy that I resonate Thank with. You. I think me and Michaela are like, what? yeah, I'm looking side to side. Star <laughs> Trek Next Generation. That's right. Uh, that's right. Man, that's, woo. Well, you t- I barely remember that episode, but yeah, that's one of the very few episodes I remember. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> hey, it All right, everybody, go, go listen to Authentic and go watch, you know, Star Trek episode, whatever, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and okay. you, you'll, you'll fully understand the, the, you know, the modern situation. There you go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Man, interesting times we live in. Okay, well, we really have to wrap it up here. (laughs) So so (laughs) um, with that all being said, uh, Dexter, is there anything else that you want to plug? You mentioned that you're working on a documentary. Anything else that that we should be on the the lookout for? I, the documentary I can't talk about right now, unfortunately, is going to be more okay. depressing than this one. Okay, um, well, where, where can oh we follow you online, find you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So nothing, nothing in particular um, to plug. I just hope you know people listen to authentic. You know, share with your friends or whatever. But yeah, no, I'm I'm easy to find. Um, you know, uh, my website is whatupdex.com spelled exactly like you think uh what up dex.com and uh yeah dex digi on everything d-e-x-d-i-g-i on twitter and you know on instagram and all that uh yeah yeah that's pretty much it man you know thank seriously man thank y'all 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 really do some stuff that i think i hesitate to say that k-pop listeners need more of i shouldn't say that but what i mean by that is that i think that not enough credit a lot of times provide a lot of other people is given to the people who really think critically and think deeply about the things that they care about uh-huh. you know what i mean and i think you know that i'm really happy that the fandom has a space for that so oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy y'all are doing the thing because you know it's it's absolutely necessary so thank you thank you for letting me be on man seriously dexter thomas thank you so much <laughs> thank you All right. thank, thank you, you. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you all on, on the next one. So thank, thank you, Dexter. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Virginia. PDM, yeah, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Thanks for letting me hop on and like, you know, take up space. Because I'm not actually part of the K-pop <laughs> cast. No, you, you just you let totally me. Are. Yes, you are. <laughs> Main oh. vocal. Okay. Everybody's family. Everybody's family. <laughs>